Hello, right brainers. In this episode, I'm excited to present to you an interview I did with my brother, Mark Anderson, award-winning careers coach. We talk about topics such as him volunteering at a homeless hostel for kids and how that shaped his future career, making his own careers transition, advising adults and students um, on their career choices or maybe course choices um, in the face of opposition perhaps from family and friends, and um, how to make that choice based on your own specific life values. You'll find Mark as one of the featured coaches on the BBC Bite Sized website. And big shout out to those of you who may have received your A-level results or your hires in Scotland. Um, Hope you did well. And if you're slightly disappointed with your results, remember those results don't define you. Um, This podcast should inspire you and provide you with some direction. Um, Please do provide feedback. It's really important to me. And um, also please share uh, with your friends and subscribe to this podcast for future episodes. Speak to you soon. Enjoy. Mark, thanks for joining uh, Right Brain Stories podcast. Thanks for being agreeing to be a guest. Thank you very much. Okay, so Mark, do you want to just explain a bit about your background and what you do for our listeners? Okay, yep. So, uh, yes, I'm Mark Mark Anderson. I'm a career coach, and I've been career coaching for about the past 17 years now. Um, So my work involves working in schools with young people, helping them with their next steps in their career. And I also work with adults who are looking to change career or who are going through some kind of career transition. Okay, right. And so so how, how how did you get into that profession um well it was a bit of a strange one really because it started uh back in around about the year 2000 when i had a career change towards training to become a careers advisor um but the journey really started a few years previous to that because um when i finished university i went to do some voluntary work in a hostel for young homeless kids and uh, there used to be a careers advisor that came in there to work with the young people and The young people really valued the work that he did with them, helping them to get their careers back on track. And that's what started getting me thinking about becoming a careers advisor myself, because when I was at school, I didn't get any careers guidance. And I'm sure if I had some professional guidance, the decisions I made would have been very different to what I did make. Um, So I did eventually go back into the work that I was uh, qualified in my degree for. So I went into the food industry and worked in environmental health. So I I did inspecting of restaurants and cafes and anywhere that produced food, basically, um, following my degree, which was in food manufacture. And having done that for six or seven years and realizing that I wasn't really going to carry on with that career path for the rest of my life, I reflected back on my Uh, observing of the careers advisor in the hostel six, seven years previous to that. So um, I thought to myself, well, I think it's time to change, and this is something that I'm really interested in doing, and I feel I could be good as a careers advisor. So I I retrained, went back to university part-time once a week, once a month for two years, and retrained as a careers advisor and did some work experience in between times. And uh, here I am today. That's, that's really good. I mean, it, it, obviously, you've you've been on your own journey um, mm. in terms of career transition, etc. Um, and 
you know, clearly, I mean, this podcast is about inspiring people to maybe change career or take a creative direction. They may already be in, be in a creative role, either in business or, or in the arts, and uh, may want to change to a different one. Um, or they may want to make a decision to go to art school or do something creative. Have, have you come across many people in that regard? And, and, and if so, how? T- tell me about their their feelings, hopes, fears, uncertainties. Yeah, well, I think for me in the work that I do, uh, one of the key things I do with my clients is to do some uh, exercises around the whole area of values. Um, values is such a key thing when it comes to careers that if you're in a career that is in line with your values, then you're more likely to be satisfied. And uh, for a lot of people who come to me, they're doing jobs that are not in line with their true values. And in terms of the creative people that I work with, one of their key values is creativity. And quite often they're in a job that doesn't allow them to be creative in some sort. So whether it's creative from the artistic point of view or whether it's simply being in a job that allows them to come up with new ideas of how to do things, that's the thing that they often find is missing in their work. So once we identify that, then it's a case of just doing some work around the the creativity that they're looking to use and and finding the right environment for them to, to, to use their creativity in. Okay. That's so I mean that, that's really interesting. I mean certainly certainly the whole area of values is something that has already come up as a key um indicator if you like of of people wanting to change career or do something artistic or anything actually. Um so so that's 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 really key. And and what practical steps do you tend to give people? Because it can be quite daunting to change career or make that leap of faith. What, what, mm. sort of, yeah, what sort of practical steps do you give people? Well, really, it's about that my role is about asking people questions to enable them to come up with their own answers and ideas. So uh, I, I give them the space to, to brainstorm for themselves. We evaluate the ideas that they come up with, and uh, and then it's a case of them taking the action to, to make it happen. And um, if I do ever make any suggestions, I always stress that the choice is up to them as to whether they, they take it on board or not. Um, but, but predominantly, my, my, my work is really... I, I do some exercises with individuals to help them identify what their main skills are, to identify what their hidden skills might be, because, for example, they could have been in a job where they've not been using their, their best skills or their, the skills that they feel are are bringing out the best in them. So we do some work to, to try and find some of their hidden skills and talents as well. So uh, once we know their skills, what their personality is like, what their, keen, their, their key interests and passions are, uh, and what their strengths are, then we were able to say, okay, this is your profile. What's the kind of job sector or what's the kind of job role that might suit you? So if it is something within, within the arts, the next step is really about encouraging them to to go out and find out more. The key thing is about speaking to people who are doing the job or doing a similar role to what they want to be doing so that they can go out and ask them questions and and really uh, have some career conversations with people to find out, okay, how did you get into it? What were your main challenges? What's your job like on a day-to-day basis? What are the challenges you're facing? 
asking them a range of questions so that they can come away from those conversations and say, yep, I think that's for me, or mm, I'm not sure if that's right for me, or at least they will know what steps they then need to take next, what are the gaps that are missing uh, in order for them to get from where they are to where they want to be. Okay. Um, so that's all, that's all good practical advice. What 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 misconceptions do people often come to you with uh, when they speak to you about going to change career or, or, or especially to change to a more creative type of role? What, what sort of myths do people come with? Um, I, I think the, the key myths are um, there's no jobs in that area or um, there's no money in that area or um, there's no security in that area. So those are the main ones that people will express. And, it, you know, rather than me saying, oh, no, that's not true, it, again, it's about them finding out for themselves because with misconceptions, it's because we've built up these ideas over a period of time. They may have been fed to us from friends, family, media, whatever it might be. But I encourage people to challenge those myths. What, what, are you, what are you learning about how careers advice is changing um over the over the years that you've been um you've been doing it in terms of you know because obviously you've got different types of roles that people can play nowadays there's social media you know social media um, yeah. there's lots of other um disruptive forces in careers advice and i'm just wondering how it would how you would advise somebody now compared to differently compared to how you advise them previously it might be not be different but i suspect it might be yeah i mean over the years the things that might change are the popular areas that people might be interested in so obviously when we're talking about things like digital media mm. te technology really is the is the big thing that yeah. you know wouldn't really have existed years ago when you're talking about jobs where you're helping companies to develop their social media presence and things like that. That wasn't around 10, 15 years ago, um, but is a very common thing now. Or we're talking about cyber security. That's another big yeah. area. Mm. But in terms of the um, the advice, the, the, the skill of advising somebody hasn't really changed. Um, you, we might have some new tools that I, I might use that I've you know, learnt over the years. But I think the key thing is how people research information um, when it comes to finding jobs, networking and things like that. So again, we're coming back to social media, how people can use LinkedIn to find work and to network. Again, that's not something we, I was talking about 15 years ago, for example, or even 10. So the, the whole research method um, how to get out there and connect with people that that has changed quite a bit um particularly online okay and um what about how you advise people wanting to go into the create a creative field versus people wanting to go into more of a left brain type of career would you advise them differently or what, what would your approaches be it might be a bit more about, well, less about um, uh, using online, although that's still useful. 
as long as you know the right sites to use and so on. It's more about displaying or wondering how you can display your abilities to people who might be interested. So for example, if we're talking about somebody who's interested in going into a career in animation, I might be then talking to them about finding out where these animation companies might be and thinking creatively about how you can put your skills and put your name in front of their eyes. They're creative people. So once I was talking about somebody who works within animation who was sent um, a box of chocolates along with a CV plus um, a sort of a, a showreel of, of work that they've done. And that stood out to them when it landed on their desk. Them, him, him and his colleagues looked at it and then he ended up getting at least a, a placement there. So it's those kind of things that you need to be doing. So if you're creative, think creatively about how you can find opportunities and how you can connect with people who are the people you want to be working with or who can help you to get into those areas. Tell me, that, that's great. I mean, I think, you know, um, you would hope that some of the people who wanted to go into creative fields would would have that instinct anyway. What about people's networks? What impact does the strength or otherwise of their network have on their ambitions and also their ability to actually land something? Mm, that's really important. I mean, if you're wanting to work in a creative area, the question is how many creative people do you know? How many people do you know that work within the creative sector who are doing the, the, the kind of roles that, that you want to be doing? Who are you connected to? Who can you speak to that can help you? If you're not mixing in those circles, it makes it very difficult to, to, to make that breakthrough. So the question is, how can you get to know these people? How can you find out where they are? Where do they hang out? Are there any exhibitions or events that you could go to where you can connect with these kind of people and, and let them put a face to your name and, and get to know them and swap business cards and um, show your portfolio to them and things like that. So it's really about building up your contacts so you've got relevant people that you can speak to. And, and one of the key things that I say to, to, to young people as they're about to go to university is if you're going to do a creative degree, by the time you finish your degree, you should have a number of contacts that you can speak to within the creative world who can either help you, give you a job, give you a, an internship or something like that. So during the three, four years you're at university, it's not just about having that degree. It's about making connections, finding out what companies you might be interested in working for, making contact with them, possibly initially via LinkedIn or, or another social media, and then getting to the point where you can actually talk to them face to face, even if it's just a case of having a coffee with them for 10 minutes and talking about your ambitions and, and the company and things like that. So at the end of that three, four years of university, you should have a good number of contacts to break into. So we're kind of by default focusing on young people um, by the conversations that we are having at the moment. And I know that that's what you, 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 you do have a specialism with working with young, young people. Um, do you think that young people have the commitment to not just work on their craft, but also to do the networking, 
the show reels that is necessary. Can can you see that in people's eyes when you talk to them? Because it's a lot of work. Yeah, I, you can you can tell the people who are really really passionate and really interested in in doing that. Um, and there will be some people who are quite happy to to go away and put the hard work in so that they put their portfolio together and um, uh, and, and and network and, and things like that and do the things that they need to do. So yes, yeah, some people are more committed than others. But with the others, it's just a case of speaking to them and finding out, OK, what is your passion? What is it you want to be doing in the future? Where do you want to be in two, three years time? Um, these are the things that have been successful for other people going into it. Are you ready? Are you committed to do the similar things in order to get into that industry? So, so yeah, I mean, I, a lot of the work that I do is, is establishing what their motivations are and whether they are going to actually make that effort. Um, and, yeah. and then the choice is theirs. Because you talked earlier about values um, and, um, you know, uh, it's, it's an interesting one because I would think that myself as a young person wouldn't even know really what that is. How do you pull or extract the values that somebody has out of them so that they actually almost have a eureka moment and think, yeah, that is who I am. That is what I'm prepared to do. That is what I'm prepared not to do. What are the boundaries yeah. and constraints around what they want to do? How, how do you do that? It's it's not easy. Um, identifying values from anyone isn't easy. And, and it's not easy for somebody to sit down and think, okay, what is really important to me? But sometimes through answering or thinking about how you would answer certain questions can help you to identify what's important to you. So for example, if you reflect back to a really good day you've had at work what was good you know think about what was good about it why was it so good what values perhaps were being um, used in the enjoyment of that particular day or on the opposite side think back to a really bad day or a bad job that you've had in the past what was so bad about it what particular values were being transgressed if you like um through through that particular role or that particular day so when you think about really really good really real extremes really good things really bad things then you can ask yourself okay what was important to me about that and then that can help to identify values as well um but values you know it, then it's really a real challenge to compare values and think okay what's more important to me is it this or is it that um and sometimes by human nature, we are happy to compromise on our values, maybe temporarily, maybe for a longer period. You know, even when you think about, you know, you, the fact that you value health and fitness, but do, are you motivated to go to the gym or is something else more important to you? The fact that you can relax at home and have time with your family. So whenever there's a decision to be made, there is always a conflict in values. So values aren't easy to identify but sometimes through answering certain questions and there's some online things that i do with some of my clients they can get an idea of what their their values are so, so i was going to ask you actually you mentioned it quite nice or timely uh, around tools that you can use what tools do you use when assessing your different types of clients Initially, I will ask them, I will give them a, a basic questionnaire to identify what, to make, what makes them tick. So I'll, I'll ask them questions about, um, you know, what, what are your top skills or what are your top three achievements in your life? 
um, you know, what what are you looking for from your future employment? Um, you know, dis describe, you know, how would your friends describe you? All of those kind of things I will initially ask to find out a bit more about them and understand where they're coming from. Um, you know, who are their closest friends? Who do they look up to most in their life? Those kind of questions. Because once I know the answers to those questions, I can refer back to them when we're talking in the future about, you know, what they're wanting to do. So, for example, if they're if they're talking about something that's a real challenge, I'll perhaps reflect back on what their top achievements were in the past. And I think, OK, what did you have to overcome in order to achieve that? What skills and tools can you use from that past event in this current challenge that you have? So there's always a reason why I'm asking these types of questions. But then there's exercises that I have to identify what people's skills are, exercises to ident identify values as well that we'll discuss afterwards, um, exercises to identify personality, what their natural personality traits are, whether they're um, extrovert or introvert and things like that. It's all based on Myers-Briggs. So there's various exercises that I use with my clients, but it, but it's very bespoke I won't necessarily use all of the same tools with the same uh, with different clients I identify what's going to be important for that particular individual mm. so just just as a quick point do you want to just explain Myers-Briggs for those listeners who've not come across it before just briefly okay so it, it's Myers-Briggs is basically a personality uh, type identification tool where um it, it looks at uh, 16 different types of personalities that exist and um, that the purpose of the exercise is to identify which of the 16 an individual is more likely to behave like. Now, with personality, um, personality is flexible. We don't always behave in the same way in every situation. But the idea with the Myers-Briggs is to find out how people behave when they're feeling most at home and most comfortable. So um, we, we can all behave and adapt our behavior, but it's about finding out how you're likely to behave when you're feeling most at home. And that's the whole purpose of that, that exercise. So there's four different pairs of personality types that it looks at. So whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, whether you're a bit more of a, a thinker or a feeler and so on. So, um, so yeah, that, it's a really good uh, personality test. But although I would say that there is a lot more to identifying your ideal career path than looking at your personality only. Right. So you could be, uh, yeah, you could be an introvert or an extrovert as a creative person. You could be a thinker or a feeler as a creative person. There's no one particular uh, sort of state. No, but although there are certain uh, personality styles that will suit certain jobs. Mm. So, for example, most counsellors tend to be introverts because introverts will naturally tend to listen more than they talk. Um, so it will be easier for an introvert to be um, a counsellor. I mean, I'm, I'm talking very general here, yeah, yeah. but um, that's what you'll, you're more likely to, to find. Okay. So, as I mentioned before, you, uh, you specialise a lot in youth coaching. Um, and, uh, in fact, you're you're quite infamous, aren't you, as a youth coach? 
I don't know. Am I? <laughs> it's an answer. Something somebody else can answer that for you. Uh, maybe, yeah, I think so. Maybe your mother. <laughs> maybe your mother. Um, but um, yeah. So in terms of uh, awards, you you've, you've you're an award-winning youth coach, aren't you? I am. Yeah, that was through the um, the coaching academy, which is the largest coaching training organization in Europe. So um, so yeah, a few years ago, I won a youth coaching award. So, um, good, good. so yeah, that was quite nice. But you, you don't necessarily just focus on youth, do you? You sort of no. career no. transitions and yeah, a lot of my work is with adults as well. Adults who are looking for a career change or are going through a career transition. So adults will normally come to me, usually in their thirties or forties. Um, they're in a job they don't like really like what they do, but they're looking to do something different and something that gives them a bit more fulfillment and satisfaction those are the key words that uh, that they will often say and and really they want to work with me so they can leave with a bit more clarity about the right direction for them so I'll work with them to, to identify possible career paths that will suit them and help them to create a job searching strategy that they can use so that um, they're clear about their next steps rather than just um, using a what we call a scattergun approach. So thinking about adults and transition um, to different careers or or moving or starting their side hustle and then making that a career um, are there particular patterns or um, kind of examples of how that has worked especially when they're looking to do something another thing that is creative or move from something that's predominantly left brain to something a bit more right brain a bit more creative is there anything that you've noticed in that field at all where you know people you know you might they might be an accountant for instance which you know I would say is probably more of a left brain type of mm -hmm. uh, quantitative role they might want to do something different you might might be just might just move slightly to the right to do forensic accounting or something like that is there something that you've noticed about the success or otherwise of people trying to do that? Um, if not, that's fine. Nothing, can... nothing, nothing specific. I'm just trying to think. Um, I had a client once who worked in the city and he wanted to open up his own, he wanted to set up his own business. It was a catering business and he wanted to do, um, you know, a range of flavors of, of ice cream, or gelatos or whatever it was. And, um, you know, I, I think for him it was a case of you could see how excited he was when he started to sit down and create his his vision and and to create a business plan and look at what the possibilities were. So you, you certainly notice uh, a change in in behaviour and excitement um, even at the the research stage before they've even you know launched their their new business. Um, so. Yeah, there, there's certainly changes in behavior and excitement that you can see once people identify and feel that they have permission to explore a job within the creative industries. Because what you might often find is that people choose a, a left brain option because traditionally within their family, that's the expectation. And, you know, for one reason or another, they don't, they might not want to disappoint their, their parents. Um, so they felt subconsciously perhaps that going down one particular pathway was the sensible option 
Mm. Years down the line, once they investigate that creative roles are possible, challenging but possible, then you sometimes see the spark in their eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's good to that's, see. I don't know if that answers your question. No, no, but, that's uh, fine. That's re- that's yeah. really good. So, uh, supposing somebody wanted to um, go into film and television or, or radio or something like that, and they've been doing something quite traditional, what would you say the a pathway would be for them to make sure they don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. Maybe they may there may be some skills that they've already got that they might want to that would help them more easily to pivot into a film, TV, radio, media type of career. Yeah, I, I think sometimes a huge transition is really difficult. So if you can take some of the skills that you've already got and the skills that you've been using, so you so you can almost go straight into another position, that is often a, a more gentler transition. So, for example, if you work in accounts and finance, there's nothing to stop you working in accounts and finance within the film industry. So you could use your skills there initially. And then once you're in that industry, you start building your contacts, you start talking to people. And then there's a greater chance of making that transition. Unless you've been doing a lot on the side and perhaps you've you've done some things in your spare time um, that you can show and develop straight away. Um, and if that's the case, then other, you know, another type of transition may be possible where you can go straight into something. But but I, I in, in my experience, it's usually a more gentle, uh, slower transition that you need to make. So perhaps doing something using your current skills where you can say, this is what I've been doing. I can go into this type of role you know, really straight away, then that might be an easier transition than doing something totally different where you haven't got a track record. Right. Okay. That's, that's really helpful. Um, so from your point of view, Mark, what, what, in terms of the, the different projects that you've worked on, um, what, what's, what's the coolest or sort of most innovative project that you've delivered or collaborated on? Oh, um, innovative. Let me think. Um, you might have travelled, or you might have, um, you know, worked. Yeah, I, I had, a, I had a lot of fun developing um, a job search program for the for the DWP, which is currently, I believe, still being used in job centres up and down the country. So I, um, I went to a film studio up in uh, New York where I worked with a a, a training company and delivered a few videos uh, which were recorded and now they're being used in job centers and and that was quite a lot of fun just being creative with how to deliver interesting information about cvs and preparing for job interviews and things like that um and obviously being in new york was quite interesting as well so so yeah that was that was a fun week in new york and and um so i'm trying to work out the how did how can you What's the relationship between the DWP, that's the Department of Work and Pensions in the UK government, and New York? Well, the, the training company had... Go figure. Go figure. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the training company had an office in London, but they also had an office in New York as well. So um, 
for some reason they felt that New York was a better option to do the, the training and they had links with a, a studio that they could uh, that they could use for the week. So um, we flew out to New York and we did do some subsequent subsequent work in London as well. But uh, New York is where the majority of the, the program was was filmed. Sounds really good. Um, it also almost sounds like if you've got any um, uh, recording of what you did over there, that would be a useful thing if you um, mm -hmm. had shared that. But uh, and then, and and what about the future? What does the future hold for Mark Anderson at Kickstart Careers? Well, I. I... I mean, I love what I do and I would love to be able to to help more people. Obviously, time is precious and I like my family time as well. So if I can develop my business, so I'm doing a bit more online work and um, working with people, whether they're in this country or in other countries, doing some online work, selling my um, my career coaching programs online that people can work through in their own time, then, yeah, that's that's where I want my my business and my work to, to develop and and by doing that I can help more people with um with what I have to offer and and have you got any projects I mean you don't have to name any names or anything in the, in the offering that uh, is interesting that people might want to be aware of um do, 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 do. Well, I've I've got a particular project that I'm working with um because I'm because I'm a Christian and a, and and one of the key things that um Christians often talk about is what you know and, and they ask is what's what's God's plan for my life and there is a real link to the, the work that I do in terms of identifying your skills and talents all the talents that God has given you um, and there, there's a lot of crossover in the work that I do and helping people to identify what they're on a broader scale what their calling is so um, there's some work that I'm doing that I'm hoping to roll out to to churches up and down the country helping individuals to to identify what their um their what god's plan is for their life so uh, so that's something i'm working on at the moment um i'm quite keen to to take my work to work in international schools in europe as well because there's quite a few english speaking schools um and i'd love to to work with those schools probably just because i like traveling and uh, exploring different cultures and seeing how careers works in in other countries and um how they how they view career support as well so yeah i'm interesting those, those are a couple of things that i'm i'm looking to, to develop and build over the next few years and are you are you um in your work are you um promoting or launching anything at the moment where you're looking at you know the, the audiences that you've got in terms of the main or, the main yeah, yeah sure the, the main thing that i'm promoting at the moment is the psychometric assessment okay. um and basically you can do that. Um, it, it takes it's an in-depth assessment online where you answer questions related to your strengths, your skills. It's basically an aptitude assessment, strengths, skills, personality. Once you've completed all of those questions, then it will come up with suggested jobs and courses that you could be interested in based on the type of person that you are. And that's a really fantastic tool. I use it in schools, but adults can use it as well. And um, it, it's really detailed. It's about a 17 page report you get immediately. I always say if you're doing an assessment like that, it's good to have feedback from somebody like myself. So for that, once you've bought that pro program, then we can have email contact to discuss what it said. Talk about any queries that the person might have. 
and then create an action plan. Where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. So um, that's certainly something that I'm trying to push and promote. So that can be obtained through my website, kickstartcareers.co.uk. And um, once you go to the career aptitude test page, all of the information is there. And do you, and that's, that's really great, Mark. Um, do you do any advertising at all in terms of your Kickstart careers? Um, my current advertising is pretty much through Facebook. So um, Facebook's really good for advertising because you can really target a, a specific niche or, or target market. So, um, so I'm doing quite a lot of Facebook advertising over the next two or three months. So um, that's what I do. And then, you know, through word of mouth as well, um, I, I don't really go to that many networking meetings at the moment, but um, but through my work in schools, I do build up a number of contacts, um, adults as well as young people. So, mm. so that's how I spread the word. But my website does quite well on Google as well. So if you're searching for career coaches, particularly in the southeast or in the Brighton area, um, Kickstart Careers does come up quite uh, highly in the Google rankings. Yes, very good, very good. Um, and and so just kind of rounding off now, Mark, what's, what's the biggest challenge in your career um, in terms of, you know, uh, raising your profile or, or, or partnerships? So what's, what's the biggest challenge, you would say? The biggest challenge for me has always been, particularly with the adults, it's finding people who are unhappy in their work. There might be people who are quite happy, um, you know, they might be in very good, good jobs, good salaries, but they're not necessarily happy in their work. Um, and it's finding those people. Um, it's not just about, well, it's not really about working with unemployed people, and, you know, and they're easy to find, but it's really about the people who are professionals, but they're unhappy and maybe they're stressed at work. And it's really trying to find those people and, and to, you know, to get my my details and my website over to those people. So that that's the big challenge because they're not easy to, to find mm. in organisations. My perception, I don't know if I'm right on this, is that, again, using Facebook um, and video video on Facebook and advertising, my perception is that that would be quite effective. Um, you know, people, it, it feels like it's one of those areas or topics that a bit like fitness or food or dieting, being unhappy in your work in the West Western world, I suspect is probably quite a high demand area um and maybe not many people providing solutions i don't know i mean that's just my my guess quite possibly mm. quite possibly you have to be careful as well with social media and facebook that you know people are going on these websites because they want to chill they want to have mm. fun they want mm. to see what their friends are getting up to they want they don't want to be sold to mm. so you have to you have to pitch it right mm. and you have to be careful and and you know work out how the best way of doing it is but but yeah it, it's certainly possible and doing some form of advertising is better than nothing so yeah i mean i think you know the, the certainly the targeting of advertise of advertising on instagram to me seems amazing um mm. uh, I, I don't know what they've done to their algorithm but it's very it's very accurate yeah, so yeah. uh well thanks a lot mark it's really really appreciate that I, I, I suspect that we'll be talking again in the future um, sure. as things develop and um, so just just remind us where people can find you online yep well my website is kickstartcareers.co.uk all of the information's there and there's a um, 
a contact page if you want to submit your information uh, with a brief summary of your career situation and lots of information there. I do regular blogs as well, um, which you can look at on my website too. So um, the main thing on my website is that I have a 10-step guide to finding work you love on the front, front page. So if listeners want to, to download that, then they can go to my homepage of kickstartcareers.co.uk, fill in the details, and then they'll get the information. Fantastic, Mark. Thanks uh, for agreeing to be on Right Brain Stories, the podcast. And we look forward to speaking to you again soon, no doubt. Brilliant. Thanks a lot then, Larry. Take care. Have a good weekend. Thank you.